Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about why an overheard phone conversation is so distracting, how big or small a black hole can get, and why you should definitely tell your anesthesiologist if you smoke marijuana. Let's satisfy some curiosity. There's a reason why overhearing someone's phone conversation is so distracting. You know what I'm talking about. Those times you're trying to finish that project at work and you hear a coworker nearby take a personal call, or you're trying to read a book when you're on the train and a stranger just starts chatting on their cell phone. So annoying. Well, check this out. Research suggests that when you overhear these one-sided phone conversations or half-a-logs, it's actually more distracting than hearing the whole conversation. And that has important implications for the office. So for a 2010 study, researchers recorded two college students having a phone conversation. Then they recorded each student giving a one-person monologue summary of the conversation after it happened. Then they asked 24 undergraduate students to perform a simple computer task. Like, for one, they basically tracked a moving dot on a computer screen with a cursor. Another task had them hit a button every time they saw a certain series of four letters. These tasks were chosen for their similarity to driving. The first mimicked the concentration you need to stay in your lane, and the second was similar to responding to traffic lights. Of course, while they worked on these tasks, the students heard various clips from the phone conversations. Sometimes it was just one side of the conversation, or a half-a-logue, as the researchers called it. Other times they heard both sides, or a dialogue, obviously, and other times they heard those summary monologues. And the researchers found that neither the dialogue nor the summary clips had any effect on the participants' performance. But when the volunteers heard those half-a-logues, you guessed it, their performance significantly decreased. It seems the less information we glean from a conversation, the harder our brains work to make sense of what we hear, and the more difficult it is to stop listening. Half-a-logues are less predictable than full conversations or monologues, and less predictable speech begs us to pay attention. Basically, our brains are actually wired against us so that we must tune in. So the next time you're taking a call, it might be a good idea to find a quiet room to talk. Your coworkers, fellow commuters, even family members will thank you. How big can a black hole get? I ask this question because we took a picture of a pretty big black hole in 2019. You know, when the Event Horizon Telescope took the first ever image of a black hole in what was arguably the biggest astronomy story of the year. It was a pretty astounding feat considering how tiny black holes are relative to their mass. And the black hole the Event Horizon Telescope captured is 6.5 billion times the mass of our sun. But in overall size, it's only about as big as our solar system. So what sets the size of a black hole and how big or small can they get? Well, black holes are objects of pure gravity, so they don't have a surface, an atmosphere, or any of the usual things that indicate size. Instead, a black hole's size is defined by its mass and how fast it spins. These determine its event horizon, which is the boundary from which nothing can escape its gravitational pull, not even light. If it wasn't spinning, the diameter of a black hole would be approximately 6 kilometers for each solar mass it packs in, that is the mass of one sun. Realistic black holes spin, and that rotation shrinks the event horizon diameter by as much as half. That makes realistic black holes even tinier in comparison to their masses. The largest black hole we know of is the 40 billion solar mass giant in the galaxy Holm 15A. 
Observations of galaxies suggest these supermassive black holes were pretty huge when they formed, but they also get bigger by eating matter and merging with other black holes. Obviously, that's all pretty huge. But smaller black holes? They're no bigger than a few dozen solar masses, and they're formed from the supernova explosions of very massive stars. Some theories also predict the possibility of even smaller black holes that formed in the very early universe. They're called primordial black holes, and they're smaller than atoms. However, we've never convincingly seen one, and they'd obviously be very difficult to detect. That's because we find black holes by their influence on nearby stars or gas. And a black hole that small probably isn't going to have a massive impact. As a result, the universe could conceivably contain really low-mass black holes, and we'd never know it without a lucky break. The monsters like the one we photographed in 2019 are the ones that will continue to give us the best shot at seeing the way black holes twist and bend space-time, even as relatively small as they are. Today's episode is sponsored by Purple Mattress. Better sleep, better you. If scientists had been sleeping on the job, then we may have never gotten a picture of a black hole. You need to be well-rested to be happy and productive. I mean, I know I do. And if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, then you've got to try a Purple Mattress. The Purple Mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses a brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. So it feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. The Purple Mattress keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable, and it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. It is not like the memory foam you're probably used to. When you order, you'll get a 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's also backed by a 10-year warranty with free shipping and returns. You're going to love Purple. And right now, Curiosity Daily listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's on top of all the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text CURIOUS to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text CURIOUS to 84888. That's C-U-R-I-O-U-S to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. There's not a ton of research on the short-term and long-term effects of marijuana use. After all, the federal government still classifies it as a Schedule I drug here in the U.S. That means research on it or its active ingredients is highly restricted and even discouraged in some cases. But we do know one thing, and we want to make sure you know about it. You should definitely tell your anesthesiologist if you're a habitual marijuana smoker. We've known this since as far back as 1980. Even back then, experts warned of complications that can occur if marijuana is taken prior to the administration of an anesthetic. Here's the problem. Marijuana is a depressant. It can lower your heart rate and blood pressure, slow your breathing, and cause a drop in body temperature. You know what else is a depressant? Anesthesia. The combination of marijuana with other sedative hypnotic drugs may enhance depression of the central nervous system and result in a profound reduction in breathing. Marijuana can also prolong the effects of anesthesia so that you're under for longer than the anesthetist planned. A 2002 case study described a 34-year-old marijuana smoker who had anesthesia for a wisdom tooth removal and experienced a laryngospasm, or what's essentially a drowning reaction. Suffice it to say, surgery is scary enough without the added risk that you'll stop breathing because of what you smoked beforehand. So first of all, if you're a habitual smoker, it's important to tell your anesthesiologist. That's regardless of whether marijuana is legal in your area. Your personal safety is more important than any legal consequences. 
Second, if you're turning to marijuana or cigarettes in the first place because you're nervous about getting surgery and you want to calm your nerves, then take a deep breath. I mean, literally. Instead of smoking, try relaxation techniques like slow and deep breathing, or even just get some exercise. Several studies also show that listening to music before surgery can relieve anxiety. When it comes to anesthesia, you definitely want to play it safe. So what did you learn today? Oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, that's really... Well, no, that's not what I meant when I was asking... Oh, God, that's so... <laughs> that is really frustrating to listen to. Did that just mess with you? <laughs> it really messed with me. And what did we learn about half a logs <laughs> today, Ashley? That they're so distracting... Because they're less predictable than dialogues or monologues, so your brain works harder and has a harder time tuning them out. And I learned on that imaginary phone conversation I just had, and on this podcast, that black holes can be as big as 40 billion times the mass of our sun, or as small as an atom, at least theoretically. Kind of hard to find those small ones. And we found out that marijuana is a depressant, and so is anesthesia. So if you've been smoking marijuana and you're going in for surgery, you definitely want to tell your doctor. We also learned that anesthesiologist, anesthesiologist, it's very hard for Ashley to say. We learned you have a tough time with that one. Yes. Anesthesiologist. I got it. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer, Matthew Francis, and Anna Todd, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.